0: And my dream, my dream, was always to have a 5-inch bull barrel CC. Okay. And I talked to the engineers and they said it wasn't possible. It couldn't work on the platform and, uh, you know, without a new slide. Yeah. And they didn't, they they really weren't interested in doing anything with it at the time. So I worked with my engineers in my machine shop and we came up with a 5-inch bull barrel CC. Oh, we can't talk about that. My first gun was a Model 28 357 Magnum revolver, and my second gun was a Inglis Browning High Power. And I shot PPC style shooting at a small club in England. I Became enamored with the practical shooting sports. Went and did a class with uh, some training people in uh, the UK got myself a competition license and then started shooting. That was probably... Which year? Like 80... My first firearms permit, which you have to have a firearms permit in England, was 86. 86. Oh, I'm one years old. You're one years old. Yeah. Yeah, you still look like that now. So, I did a lot of uh, training. The people at my club thought I was crazy. I'd take a bucket of bullets and stand there for an hour shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting just to be better at what I did. Yeah. And it kind of went from there. Okay. And then you start for the international shooting? Oh, that was a ways down. So I kind of, I I was um, shooting a lot of uh, IPSC US, UK PSA on the, on the local market. I hadn't traveled for a while. Uh, I missed the, the IPSC World Championships in Australia by about one year. Okay. Uh, and then my first world shoot was in Bisley. Bisley, UK. So we... Uh, you know, we, it's kind of funny coming from '86, but because we we followed the development of the firearms a lot. Not like the older guys, but you know, we we saw the the the, the, the invention of the the double stacks and yeah, mm. uh, the compensators were always there. And then, of course, came the scopes and the mounts and the 38 Super making major outside of 45. I mean, the, my first open gun was a 45 with iron sides. Yeah. So then we. Uh, we kind of followed down the line as we went and we ended up with uh, McCormick type guns or oh, yeah. power ordinance wide frames. They I shot... Started in the 90s. and in the 90s, right. Yeah. So I I shot a little bit with a power ordinance frame built by a guy called Andy Barrick on a 38 super. Then shot for STI for a little while. When STI split from S- when STI when STI split up and became SBI and STI, I moved with SVI um in the late 90s or mid 90s when the firearms were banned in the uk so like 96 ish i moved to sps in spain i worked for them for a little while shot for them yeah and you lived in spain i lived in spain for about nine ten months okay i tried to get permits and permissions in spain to shoot but in the early days of the european union it wasn't so easy to yeah. get spanish permits in spain if we weren't spanish And then eventually I realized that the only way I was going to keep going was to move to the U.S. To the U.S., okay. And then? And then then I moved to the U.S. I really didn't have anything to do. I had a girlfriend for a while and we hung out. We shot matches. We really didn't think about anything. I got involved in um, like component supply, bullets, brass, stuff like that, powder. Um, And... Eventually I met up with, um, Alice Bulachoba, who was, uh, someone I'd met in Brazil in like 91 something like that. I don't remember the exact, date. my, my date memory is horrible. So someone can correct me in the footnotes, but the Brazil world championship in Brasilia, I met, uh, the then assistant to the sales manager for South America from CZ and we became friends. We are still friends to this day. Uh, some years later, she moved to America and, um, took was the, was the liaison between CZ USA and the CZUB UB factory in the Czech okay. Republic. Okay. Eventually she became the president of CZ USA. And that was when we started to realize the, the, the capabilities of the CZ platform in, uh, competitive shooting. Yeah. And we worked with a couple of other manufacturers to... Uh, creates and enhance parts for the firearms yeah. platform yeah which some of those were eventually in, or were rolled into CZUB sold pistols um and as we went down that line i realized that there was a, a marketing there was a, a good pool of marketing for a pistol that has been selling for 60 odd years yeah. and there are hundreds of thousands of them in the marketplace. When we started with CZSA I don't think many people in America actually realized that this was a battle known pistol for the whole world. Yeah. So we started with um, the simple stuff, the sights and with grips and with uh, you know, uh, magwells and base pads for guns. And we speak actually for a 75B from well, the model. Correct. So originally, well I mean my first 75 was a short rail. Yep. Back back in the day in the UK. So that's what I knew, no firing pin blocks, whatever. So in, in, the, in the midst of all this, they actually started to put the firing pin blocks in for drop safety, for whatever. So I remember going to the Europeans in the Czech Republic in, again, insert date. And I went to the factory and they had the 1st SPO SP-01, which was a CZ-75 with a rail, a thicker barrel, um, and... I remember saying to them, you know, give me two days with a gun and I'll shoot it for the Europeans. Okay. So I worked with one of their gunsmiths and we shot that gun for the Europeans. I came second to Adam Tick, the world champion Adam Tick, who was shooting a, a block, I believe. Yeah. And it went on from there. So we decided that we could make more parts to enhance the gun. And we went forward. So in amongst all that, we decided that, you know, if we're enhancing the guns, then maybe we should actually like start working on the guns for people who couldn't do it themselves. So CZ Custom was, was enhanced more by the gunsmith section. Yeah. So for the last 15 years, we've been taking customers' guns. In fact, CZ CZ's professional guns and, and converting them into uh, more viable competition guns. And in amongst all of that, CZ have incorporated many of those ideas into their functioning line of pistols. Uh, The hammer, the bushing, the sights, a lot of that's been now in The shadow is born. The shadow is born. Yeah, I understand. So what happened after that was, you know, obviously we're doing all this enhancing work and making all these parts. And my dream, my dream was always to have a five-inch bull barrel CC. Okay. And I talked to the engineers and they said it wasn't possible. It couldn't work on the platform. And... Uh, you know without a new slide yeah and they didn't they they really weren't interested in, in doing anything with yeah, it yeah. at the time so i worked with my engineers in my machine shop and we came up with the five inch bull barrel CZ, which as you see we're here now at the shot show we have a we have a little we have a little booth in the dungeon welcome to the dungeon they call it the first floor yeah. i call it the dungeon. This is the dungeon and here we are with our range of pistols so what actually happened was we actually started with So we started with basically a CZ-75SA frame yeah. and we put our bull barrel slide on it. This one is a, a, a bushing version. You can put a... What's what, What's before, the bushing version or the bull barrel version? Well, the bushing version came first because we wanted to accurate the standard CZ. Okay. So we used to take the CZ slides. Originally, we threaded the bushings in yeah, and then later we actually locked them in like like the 1911. 1911 start, yeah. So we said, well, when we make our slide, Let's put the slots in there for the bushings, yeah. so we can use a bull barrel or a bushing barrel yeah, in this. Yeah. This one's set up with a bushing barrel with an extended barrel with a, with with a, a suppressor yeah. thread. Um, this one has an optic ready uh, plate on here. Yeah. The cool thing about our plate is it's actually keyed into the slide here and here. Yeah. So the plate slides in and then it's screwed down, so there's no pressure on the plate. Um, this is on a seventy-five SA Frank. So. Going down the coming down the history of the the the, the 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 upper, so the upper became something that we considered the bull upper. Yeah. So we we created this. is actually on the wrong gun, so I really I really can't explain it. But this is a stainless steel. This is our our prototype for 23, which we really want to we wanted to move forward on. So we called it the bull shadow because it was a bull barrel on a shadow frame. Then we said, okay. So, what happens if uh, we have a problem with supply of frames or whatever? So we said, okay, it's time to make our own frame. So the frame was very carefully thought about, based on all the years of knowledge in a, in the company towards competition shooting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of lot of neat features in the gun. I mean, we did the checkering. We also opened up the magwell, We really deep cut the really deep cut on the beaver tail and you know, as a there's competition shooting for so many years, the one thing I notice about this gun is I almost, almost never miss the beaver tail. Because my hand is funneled in there. It, 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 just, it just goes in there. There's there's no there's no interruption. I don't think I've ever hit the back of the beaver tail on this gun in competition shooting. So we got the nice checkering, a, a, a high cut on the trigger guard. This is a this is a round trigger guard, this is our, our normal trigger guard. But we do actually make a square trigger guard as well, which is like this one. And it's kind of stuck in there. So we do actually modify for a square trigger guard, which we can checker. Yeah. The finish, the finish on this gun is stainless frame. This one's not available right now. It just happened to be the one I could get a hold of. Obviously, we have our bull barrel. But if anyone looks at the shape of this frame, they'll realize that this is a Picatinny shape. Yeah. So we can cut a picatinny rail into this. Mm-hmm. Everything is options. In, in, in the company name, it says Custom. So, yes, we make SKUs that can be bought, but we also love Custom. Custom is, custom is our, our second name. Okay. So this gun, slide stop from CZ Custom, safety from CZ Custom, sights from CZ Custom, mag catch, and all internals from CZ Custom. Then we... We go into the optics style guns. We have two we have two styles of optics. So we have a direct mount on an RMR plate. Yeah. Because generally speaking, somehow someone decided that they were going to make a site with a footprint that was bigger than the side of most pistol slides. Okay. So what happens if you not if you don't use the plate, the screws break through the slide, and then you get ugly screw patterns. This is our RDS system. So we wanted a flexible system that was replaceable with an iron sight plate, but we didn't want to deal with. Uh, small screws, holding down heavy sights. So what we did was we keyed the, as we spoke over here, we keyed the plate in. The plate slides in. We have eight or nine different plates to take the plethora of scopes that are out there. Obviously, this is a Triticon RMR. When you're done, you take out the pin, you take out the. Take off the screws, you take out the screws, slide it out, and then you can put any one of the iron sight plates back in the gun and convert it back into an iron sight gun. Okay. This one is a double-action straight trigger. So in the the fire mode, it's actually flat trigger. And in the double-action mode, it swings forward just just a little bit past the original DA system. And we're going to get into trouble. So before anyone says anything, all of these guns have yellow tags on them. The yellow tag means there's no firing pin in the gun. So, before the, we get out, uh, uh, he's out there. Oh, we shouldn't say that, should we? Before, not with the Germans here, anyway. So, before we get into trouble from the people who are going to tell me that I was pointing my gun at Patrick, I really wasn't pointing at him. I was pointing it here or here. And if I did point it at him, there was no danger because there are no firing pins in the guns. Guns do fire. Straight. Yeah, guns does fire. I tell the story, I was shooting the Australasians in Malaysia about seven years ago. And I had a trigger trigger over-travel screw move. And I had a whole 22-round stage where I had to reset the trigger with my other thumb because there was not enough reset in there because the trigger screw moved. You know where that trigger screw is? In Malaysia. I took it out and I went, see you later. And one of the key changes, which is not a change. I mean, CZ did it on some of their models, was to actually... Incorporate the sear pin into the sear cage so that there is no potential movement of the sear cage ejector against the sear, which gives you more of a 1911 setup. So, in 1911, the pins go through the frame, yeah. they're a fixed dimension fixed to the sear, so that the, the hammer and sear relationship is solid. And okay. the hammer and sear relationship is solid, okay. you mm-hmm. can get a better trigger on the gun. Okay, so the other thing we did was we were very careful how we designed our trigger pin. Okay. Our trigger pin was designed to be a close tolerance with the frame yeah. and slightly bigger on one side so that it doesn't walk. Okay. And it was designed to be a close tolerance with the, with the holes in the trigger. So a CZ trigger doesn't wobble side to side like this and it doesn't push up and down. So what you're getting is a true relationship between the trigger and the trigger bar and the back of the sear okay. and the hammer. There's, not, there's almost zero wobble, there has to be a little. But it's, it, there's nothing. It's absolutely solid. So we can create a much crisper and finer trigger. We also do install all our parts to an optimum precision. So we don't have any over-travel screws or pre-travel screws in the gun. On our short-reach, short-reset trigger, we increase the material on the front of the trigger yeah. so it can be removed during fitting yeah. to fit the trigger properly. And then we have no over-travel screw. We have a fitting pad on the back of the trigger so that the fitting can be done to optimize the, the sear-hammer relationship. Unfortunately, in the CZ platform and the 1911 platform, many people don't realize that you can't adjust the screw where you want it. You can only adjust it within the mechanics of the gun. Yeah. So if you take the gun and you fire the gun and you hold the trigger back and you're feeling the hammer and sear bumping here, yeah. what you're going to do is you're going to destroy the gun. Yes, you destroy destroy uh, the corners of the sea under hammer. What else do we have? And of course, everybody always forgets this is where it all started was the, the bull barrel. And five inches. Actually per IPC, 4.95 okay. inches. Funny at the world shoot I was in the the gun check and they said okay we need to check your barrel length. And I said, do you think I would have designed a gun for IPSC that didn't have the correct link barrel? They were like, hmm, point taken. Yeah. Any more, any more, any more. Any more, any more, any more. Where is he? So, again, let's just jump back in. I know this can be edited and whatever. So just just try and remember that we see the custom. You're dealing with a custom shop. We have a line. Of SKUs, yeah. a, a, a purchasable, viable line of SKUs, but we have pretty, we have nice, we have extra. Mm-hmm. We can do French borders, we can do lines. we we'll only the lines. Let's see, chrome gun, lines, rail, square trigger guard, checkered square trigger guard, higher undercut, different trigger options with our straight a single action, and a double action trigger. We have a couple of hammer modifications. Custom. Always think custom. For history's sake, for history's sake, this is my gun from the World Championship in Thailand. This is a, a very basic czc one LD. The modifications to this gun are very simple. It has an extended paddle it has our safety and our slide stop this one is direct mill for the in my opinion the awesome yeah. aimpoint acro p2 and above that this gun is almost exactly the same as this gun which is a complete base gun this is the, the the least cost this is the base gun yeah so what i'm doing is i'm shooting a base gun yeah can I add anything to it? Yes, of course. But I don't feel the need for my personal use. Okay. How are you? Oh, sorry. Just done. Yeah, true. Media, come on. It's fine. Okay. The rule says the optic must be mounted on the slide. yeah I mean I mean if you're not if the rules don't bother you side mounting is probably better it's probably going to last longer I mean you put you put an electronic device on the slide it's, going yeah. it's I mean it's the hardest it's the hardest test these sites ever get putting it on a frame mount like the checkmate or we, we make this is a multi-optic side mount this is drilled to to, to accept like 22 different scopes so you drop little pins in here and they sit on there and you screw them down. So that's our side optic. Depending on the gun, they either cut a pocket in it. We have a thumb rest that goes onto that. So you can move that backwards and forwards. I mean, I have seen some people make the mounts with slots. But I mean, thank you. Merry Christmas. So that they'll go on both. I mean, we have one that actually pivots off here. So it goes, it goes in this hole and it, you can set it right. So, so if you get it and you want to play with it, make sure you get the one with the, we have one without the holes. You know how people are, well, I don't need that. Why am I paying extra money? Like, okay, whatever. So you realize you want it and then you got to buy another one. So that's a direct mount that will go into the, into the pocket on the orange or any of the guns with the pocket. And this will go into the pocket as well. The reason they did there's only one reason they did the pocket because they didn't want to make two mounts because it's wider, so you can put this on the narrow gun. And it's in the middle. If you, you to to make it in the middle on the on the fatter gun, you need a pocket. So that's so you only have to make one. Plus, it actually does lock it in. We suggest that you put the pins in because you know if the, if the holes aren't quite tight. I mean, we made our holes tight to our screws in the old days. Scope mount had so if something goes loose, they start doing this, and then you wig, wick, wick out the holes. So we we drill the we drill into the frame and put roll pins in there. That was something we did as a security as a security measure. Just drill. I mean, you can you can pretty much drill through the holes that are in the scope as long as you're careful. None none of them none of their mounts have the pins. Mm-mm. None of them do. You have to you have to drill the pins. I mean, the scope mount I made for new fitment has five screws, five smaller screws. So the smaller screw has more threads per inch. And the five of them mean if one comes loose. Right. And that's why I say, if you're going to fit one and you don't have one on the gun, go with five. Go with five screws. We sell a lot more of the threes, but, you know, I always tell people, you know, like, in the company, we have like 150 years of competition shooting experience, so we make we try to make stuff that doesn't break because you know, in competition, shooters are the cheapest people on the planet. You're welcome, thank you.